you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. We got a fun show today. How you doing, Buck? Man, I'm good, DJ. Um, You know, this would be uh, combine week. Uh, Normal. I know. It's weird, right? Circumstances, but we're not there, sir. We're not face-to-face. We're not in Indianapolis. We're not getting ready to watch workouts. We're not palling around with a bunch of our buddies and kind of having these conversations that take place at what I call the official NFL scouts and coaches convention. Um, so it's different. It's a different It's a different time. This would de- definitely be a different process as we go forward. Yeah, we, we uh, it, creatures of habit, right? On the scouting side of things, you're kind of your body's telling you you should you should be in Indianapolis, shouldn't be home right now. So it's weird, but um, there's still a lot of a lot of work that needs to be done here on these guys. So we're just doing it from home. Uh, we're gonna have a fun show today. We're gonna have uh, one of our favorite guests, uh, Scott Satterfield, head coach at Louisville, is gonna join us to talk about uh, some of their players at Louisville as well as. Uh, you know, kind of what's going on in the college football landscape. And then they're going to go over my new top 50, which just came out. So we'll get to that in just a second. But I wanted to ask you if you saw the uh, the video clip of Troy Aikman going to Dion's, uh, yeah Dion's first game as head coach at Jackson State. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see it. I thought it was really cool, man. I think I thought it was really cool for Troy Aikman to go down to Jackson, Mississippi, and support his teammate in his coaching debut. And – Look, I had a chance to watch the game. I watched the game. Like, they smoked the team that they were playing. It was an NAIA um, team, right? It was, it was an NAIA team. They they smoked them or whatever. And then I had a chance to talk to Dennis Thurman as his defense coordinator. So I talked to DT yesterday. He just talked about, hey, man, it's a different kind of ball. Like, obviously, <laughs> coming from coming from the NFL to then playing in the swag, like, it's, it's a little different. But they're having a good time, and they're trying to raise the not only the profile of the program, but they're trying to win games. And they look pretty good in their debut. We'll see how, how it plays out the rest of the season. But I think it was exciting for Dion to kind of put his feet in the grass and be the head coach because he's coached a long time in the high school ranks. College is different, but it was a very successful debut for him. 
Yeah, it was a lot of take a lot to take away from that, right? So you had the game, uh, which was dominated. You had Trachman showing up. You had like the stuff happen with with Prime's jewelry, which was stolen, <laughs> but then I guess recovered. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. But to me, the biggest takeaway, Buck, did you see the jug of water that Troy Aikman was carrying with him? Yes. I, did. I ordered it. I ordered. Right. It. I looked online. I'm like, holy crap! Am I supposed to be drinking that much water yes. a day? And I'm like, I yes. think I think that's right. So yes. I ordered this thing, and and at this thing I got, Buck, it even has like the time of day. Like you're supposed to have like it's 9 a.m. You should be. I'm already behind. I'm I'm already about 12 okay, ounces so, behind. Okay, so then my thing would be DJ. Like, does it stay cold? Or by the end of the day, are you gonna be drinking lukewarm? I think, water, I like, think like the pace I'm going water. at, yes, yeah, like no, like for me, I'm a big, a lot of ice in my water. I like it very, yeah. very cold. I know some people yeah. like room temperature water, lots of and ice, lots of ice. You're here. old school because you you always have like the mason jar. Like <laughs> you are not. It's, it's, not, only, it's, it's only not because like you my have daughter, water. my daughter, my daughter is this like conservationist. Like she's always like, oh no, we have to make sure that we take things and let's recycle this and let's take this and we're going to make this a glass. And I'm just like, okay, what, what, yeah, whatever. Like just, just put I mean, it in I the thought cabinet. you might have like a hydro flask like everybody else. <laughs> nope. Bucky's got the I, I have some jar. of those in the thing, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah, the cracker barrel. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm tasked with. Yeah. Like kind of old school in that regard for sure. Oh, I love it. Um, all right. Well, Hey, before we get to coach Satterfield, let's jump in a little bit on uh, top 50 update. I tweeted this out, by the way, um, man, Buck, I don't know how you are uh, this mm-hmm. year, but I've found this. This is challenging, man. Like uh, in terms of these guys, you're watching some 20 tape on some guys. You're watching some 19 tape on other guys. Um, you know, I'm, I might be watching 19 tape and then then you get you hear rumors and reports like mm-hmm. this guy's 20 pounds heavier. This guy's gotten faster. He's going to be a different human being, you know, than the guy that yeah. that I'm watching. So you've got that. Then you've got, you know, what normally when you're out at all-star games, um, you're kind of getting more background on the kids, like for in yeah. our roles. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm flying blind on so many of these kids with background stuff. So then I start, some of that starts trickling in and you're like, oh, geez. Then you talk to one guy, this, this player is a, is a character reject. You talk to another team like, no, nah, we're, we're fine with them. I mean, it just seems like it's all over the place. And then the other thing, which, which I tweeted out is I feel like I'm, Going through a, I was going through a pass rushers and kind of trying to comb through those, and it's like everybody's six three two forty, and I know that once we officially get some measurements on these guys, They're some not. of these guys are going to be right at six two, some are going to be six three and a half, some are going to be two thirty five, some are going to be two fifty. Like it's just, it's hard, man. It, 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 DJ, what's hard about it? Um, we're being asked to continue to comb through this list, but there aren't anything to necessarily justify some of the movement, right? Normally we would have, okay, now I got to the combine. I've been around them. I saw him at workouts. I got his full measurables. Now I can kind of tweak the list or whatever. Oh, now we're going to the pro day circuit. I saw him do some things that I wanted to see to kind of clear up some of the questions that I had off of the tape. We don't necessarily have that same level of access to these guys because we don't see it. And so we can talk about judging off the tape, but the tape is even subjective because, you have some guys you're judging off 2019, others you're judging off 2020. Is it fair to the 2020 guys that the 2019 guys haven't participated? So they haven't been exposed to more opportunities to either be victimized or those things. And then in 20, the 2019 guys, should we give them a bump and say that they will automatically improve over the next year with more playing time and experience and development? This is the craziest draft that we will have participated in because last year is different because 80 to 85 percent of the work was done yeah this year it's not and i think when we look back at this draft class they're gonna be some wild swings and misses when oh, we yeah. go back and be like man i can't believe that guy was a first round or whatever and uh it's different i will say this because i was studying i think i saw your tweet i think you did a tweet about amon ross saint yeah, saint yeah brown. Amon ross saint brown yeah yeah Okay, so DJ, I'm just thinking, right? There are so many pass catchers oh, that are good. Here. I mean, yeah. there's so like Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I'm honest. Like, I feel like there's not enough time to talk about all the guys who could be good in this yeah. draft class. I think up until the last day of the draft, we'll be talking about, oh, yo, let me mention this. This receiver yeah. here is also it. It is a man. It's a very unique and challenging set of circumstances when it comes to evaluating because you're just trying to put it all 
together. I was texting with our buddy David Shaw up at Stanford the other day because I was kind of going through some of those wideouts that we're talking about. And I said, Coach, when are these high school receivers going to realize, go get in the DB line, man? We talk about it every year. There, there are a million of these receivers, a million of them. Go play corner. DJ, I don't, I don't understand it. It's one of the sources of frustration when you go to camps and you look at what is taking place and you see all these wide receivers. And I see these guys – you know, like we, we've seen it, like typically your top 10 receivers are the Megatron type, right? Body mm-hmm. beautiful, six two, six three, or taller. They can do all these things. And then I see these six foot, 5'11 wide receivers. I'm like, dude, you know, if you played corner, if you just backpedal a little bit and flashed a little at six foot, the value that you have at defensive back, I, I just wonder, I wonder what, I wonder how long it would take for these guys to realize, like, man, there's so many more opportunities on the defense of the ball. If you are a guy that is right around six foot or taller attempting to play cornerback, like you have a shot. If you can just move, if you can walk and chew gum, it gives you an opportunity to get on the field because everyone is looking for a six foot or taller corner. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, again, one of these days, some of these high school kids are going to figure that thing out. Um, I I do want to touch on something you just said, though, a minute ago before we get into some of the the list in here and some of the changes. But, you know, people people will ask a question kind of you brought up. How do you have movement during this time of of the year? These guys haven't played any more games. Like, how do they move up and down the list? And this is the I've used a different analogy in the past. I talked about get them in the neighborhood, get them in the right mm-hmm. house. But this is kind of where I am now this year. This is my, my mind is. You remember when you were a kid and you had like a piggy bank and you you dumped the piggy bank. You put the pennies over here, the dimes, the nickels, the quarters yeah. like that to me, like that's I'm still I'm still in that process. I'm just picking them. I'm picking them out of the out of the jar and saying, OK, he's a penny. He's a nickel. He's a dime. And then eventually I'm going to go get to the to the dimes and I'm going to go sort them by the date. You know what I mean? Like yes. then I can get them. But I still feel like I just I'm putting clusters. I'm still putting clusters together. And then I have, you know, I get a little bit bored of just kind of going through a position. So I'll go back and say, you know what, let me go look at these top three or four receivers again and just look at just those guys, not in a sea of 30 wideouts, but just these three. And then you can kind of say, OK, which gets me to my first point on my top 50. I ended up moving Jalen Waddle up to the number two receiver spot, which I think is where you have him, mm-hmm. yeah. have him as well. So he moves up to number six on my overall board. But I went back and watched all of his 2019 targets together with what we saw this year. And I was like, this dude is he's got some freaky stuff to him, man. Like he is really, really talented kid, a special kid. I, and I kind of was comparing him to the guys we had last year from Alabama. I don't know where you are, Buck, but to me, if you put – Judy and Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Waddle. I thought Waddle was the mm. most impressive tape of any of the four. Yeah, I think so, because I think he's a combination of Judy and Ruggs. He gives you the explosiveness that Ruggs, Ruggs displayed, but he also has some of the route run ability that Jerry Judy also puts on tape. Yeah. And so when I look at him, I wrote down in my notes, man, he is the best run-after-catch playmaker in the draft. Like, when you put the ball in his hands in open field, like, when he catches it on the move, it is six. Um, DJ, when you go and you look at his yards per catch, so it's over 20. yeah, it's over, it's over, I mean, it's, it's 21, one this year, but for his careers, it's, it's over 18. And when you think about big play specialists, those guys always are in that range. Like for their career, they always average 17, 18 yards per catch. I mean, you talk about big explosive chunk plays, not all just a, I run past people on the vertical, but I catch it and I can wiggle and maneuver and whatever. He puts up big yardage and I like his toughness. I, there's a lot to like about it. And when those two guys were playing together at Alabama, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle at the beginning of the year, Jalen Waddle was the number one. And I know yeah. Sark has come on record and said like, Oh, you know, it was one a and one B, but if you just, just follow the ball, the ball was going to Waddle. And mm-hmm. then when Waddle exit stage right, Devontae Smith takes it and goes um, to the next level. And that's not to disparage whatever, but that's just looking at it. That's just how it played out. And I just think he's a fantastic prospect worthy of being up there where you have him. Yeah, and and let's put numbers to it. I tweeted this out. Um, when you look at the numbers, when they played together this year in those four games, targets, Smith had 47, Waddle only 29. So more targets for Smith. Receptions, 38 for Smith, 25 for Waddle. But yards, Smith had 483, Waddle had 557. So Smith was averaging 12.7, Waddle 22.3. They each had four touchdowns. And you add on top of that, 
Um, look, they can both return, but Waddle is a dynamic, you know, kickoff and and punt returner, which I, I think around the league that carries less value because you just see let fewer returns with mm-hmm. the way the game's played right now. It doesn't have as much weight as it would uh, yes. maybe 10, 10 years ago, but it is a nice bonus that he can do that. And I, I love the fact you've always talked about it from going back to the Green Bay days. Ron Wolf Tree, you guys always valued those guys that had kick returnability as receivers just because it shows you what they do after the catch. Yeah, it shows you what they do after the catch. Also, it speaks to the toughness. Like, you, yeah. you know that they're not going to be afraid in traffic because particularly if you're a punt returner, man, you're dealing with bullets flying and all of that other stuff. So I like that both guys are able to do that. But Jalen Waddle is a more gifted punt returner. Um, Smith, I, I think it just adds to it. That said, um, I don't know if you can go wrong with any of those guys. I think this wide receiver class, top, middle, bottom, ton of playmakers. Yeah. You know, it, again, and look, he's Waddle's my sixth player. Devontae Smith's my eighth player. And mm-hmm. we do see receivers tend to drift a little bit because of the sheer volume of guys. But just based off grades and how I stacked them up, those are two guys I think are two of the 10 best players in the draft. Um, get to the quarterbacks. Nothing changed for me. I, I went back and, again, for a little project, just watched all the third and seven-plus throws. And I thought in that exercise, to me, clearly, I still I would stick with Trevor Lawrence as the, mm-hmm. the number one guy. After him, it gets interesting. You know, and I'll get down to uh, uh, Mac Jones is my 34th mm-hmm. player. Um, so, and I, I readily – I've talked to a bunch of people around the league that he does have some a lot of support around the league, and I like him. Um, I think he is going to go in the first round. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit above where I have him graded. But when you go watch the third and seven plus cutups, he was pretty good, you know, in that scenario. But man, you're just watching it. The difference between his third and sevens versus everybody else in terms of the pocket and in terms of the separation down the field was pretty was pretty significant when you just looked at the environment in which he was playing. Um, but then you go to the other guys, uh, Fields. He will make some wow some wow throws. But there's, man, there's just a lot of those same instances, Buck. And I don't want to say it like this. I know a lot of people have said he gets stuck on number one in his progression. To me, it's not really that as much as you see him just holding the ball. You know, like whether he's – his eyes might be getting to number two and number three, or he might see there's a lane, but I just want him to trigger. Just freaking get rid of it. Get it out or go. Like just more speed up your clock. Uh, yeah, so now there, that makes sense. Now there have been some Ohio State people that have come back and said that their offense is more of an option-based offense when it comes to wide receivers running option routes, and that is why he has been forced to hold on to it. I think that is worthy of investigation, but it is something to him holding onto the rock because, you know, in the NFL, the ball has to come out faster. You got to get it out quick, um, and you want to play with touch timing and anticipation. Yeah, and so so then we get to Trey Lance. Going back to 2019, watching all his third and seven plus throws. And the thing I do like about him is he does have a clock. The thing is, though, he's he had man, he was going to use his legs. If if he doesn't like what he sees in that early picture, he's going to take off and go sometimes prematurely. But he he converted a lot of third and sevens with his legs um, to his credit. But on the negative side, there's some bad misses. And I've been a I'm a big Trey Lance mm-hmm. guy, but man, you'll see some bad accuracy misses on there that that needs to to take up now. The good news is he didn't put the ball in jeopardy. Where Fields, you saw some hero interceptions falling down, you know, too mm-hmm. aggressive. If, I mean, Trey Lance just put it out of bounds. I mean, there was I mean, <laughs> nothing good or bad's going to happen uh, yeah. on, on those instances. But I did write down too many misses. Um, and yeah. then to me, to me, um, Zach Wilson was really impressive on third and seven plus. Just, just pace, clock, um, big time throws extending plays, um, didn't put many balls in jeopardy. Um, so I, I kind of came out of that saying, okay, I still feel like Lawrence won. I still have Wilson too. And then I think, well, I, I think that that Lance and Fields, I can hear an argument either way on how people sort sort them out. I'm okay with either. I, I'm, I'm not going to you know die on that hill is what I'm getting at. But I think both guys have the ceiling and both guys have a little bit lower floor. It's funny because I think these three guys, when we talk about them, we have to kind of all talk about them together, right? Because it, it it is such a unique conversation, right? So I'm going back through and in looking at these guys, right? Um, we talk about Justin Fields. May have, well, Trey Lance, one, has the shortest resume in terms of the amount of games. Yeah. 16 starts or whatever. 
But then when you go and you dig deep into Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, their stars are close and comparable. Zach Wilson obviously had the injury before last season where like the numbers weren't necessarily what you want. But then it pops last year, 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions. You look at Fields numbers, he has 63 and nine as I guess like, I mean, a two year starter, one and a half year starter, whatever you however you quantify this shortened season that they had. Zach Wilson is super talented, super skilled, love the pocket presence, the poise, the way that he is able to play on the script or off the script. Um, The thing that you would love, and we never can get this in scouting, man, I would love to see them play more big time games. But then when you go back and you look at the previous season, he has some big time games and he showed up in some of those things. But it's that slate. Justin Fields, you see those wild moments and Mm -hmm. you're like, man, I, I need to grade the flashes because the college football playoff against Clemson it was, I would say that's his signature game because I think Absolutely. that's the best that he's played on a big stage. It lets you see the talent and what the talent could be at the next level. But then when you watch Indiana and Northwestern, man, he was repeatedly tricked and fooled and bad decisions. Um, couldn't really, I felt like he saw some ghosts in terms of coverage because of late changes or whatever. And you wonder how many times is he going to get fooled at the next level? And then you wonder what kind of system. And then with Trey Lance, I saw those things that you talked about, like the misses, because he does have misses. But then the thing where I kind of balance it, he is by far the most accomplished runner of them oh, all. Yeah. He yeah. ran for 1,100 yards. He threw like, for 2,700. Like, like design quarterback run game has to be a part of the offense. When you, when you draft him, he's built for that. Right. And so with all of these guys, I would say – how I would rank it. I still have Fields over Wilson because I think Fields is more talented in terms of like the raw physical tools and presence or whatever. But I think Wilson can play in any system that you want to play in. I think for Fields, I think not necessarily that he, he he's is predicated on the scheme, but there's certain things that I think that you have to do for him. I think play action has to be a big part of it because you talk about him getting stuck on the primary read. Well, play action clears all of that up. It is very easy. When you stick the ball in the belly and pull it back out, it is my primary, my secondary. That's pretty much how play actions are done. It's either one half of the field or right over the middle of the field, you know? Um, And so those things. And I think Trey Lance, Trey Lance needs to be in an offense. I'm not saying that is like Baltimore, but it has to be we're going to run the quarterback eight or so times a game because that is a huge part of his thing. The running running the ball is his superpower. So it has to be incorporated. If you make him be a drop back passer, 100% of the time, it's not going to work for him. Yeah. And, and I would just clarify too on, you know, with me, Buck, on fields, I don't think it is him getting stuck. Like, I don't think it is him on his first read. Like, to me, when I, one of the things I think it mm-hmm. is, is I think it's determining um, NFL open versus college open, right? Yeah. So yeah. he's holding, waiting. He's not wide, you know what, open. He's mm-hmm. no, that's NFL open. Trigger it. Let it go, man. You see yeah. it. I see you going from here to here. He's there. Anticipate it and and let it rip. Um, so that that to me was kind of the thing. It's just mm-hmm. just getting him to to trigger. It's not there's other guys like look, you watch some guys and they're just like hanging on one, hanging on one, hanging on yeah. one, hanging on one. I didn't even I didn't think that was it. I think he just just, I got, just I let got it the, go. Does the perfect analogy. This is this this yeah. is what it is. Um, it's Top Gun, it's Maverick, and Ice. Yeah, Zach Wilson is Maverick. He see, boom, I'm letting yeah. it go. Yep. Fields is trying to be Ice. Ah, I don't yeah. know. Can't it, it? Looking for the perfect shot, and yeah. it's different. And I think he has to trigger it. He has to let it go. And then Lance is that. I think the Mac Jones conversation is really interesting, right? Yeah. Because Give me your thoughts on him. I don't know if you've gone in on him yet. Um, look, I understand why there's a lot to like about him because when you watch him play great decision maker, very efficient and effective, the ball comes out. Um, You see him sometimes get to the, all the way on the backside of his progression. Like he goes one, two, three, four, five. Oh, back is in the check down on the swing opposite way. I got him. He understands that. The thing is DJ quarterbacks are superheroes. What's Mac Jones superpower. He doesn't have overwhelming arm talent. He's not a super athlete. We can talk about the mind, but what is his superpower? And he's done it for like one year, one and a half years top. So how do we grade 
that with with all because the thing about Zach Wilson, I can talk about his arm talent, his athleticism. Justin Fields, I can talk about the arm talent, the athleticism. Trey Lance, I can talk about the athleticism to a higher power. What is the superpower that when we're in the Justice League and Mac Jones shows up in his suit, what is his special power? I don't know. You know, and, and because of that, I don't know how to take that. How good do the weapons need to be around him for us to play winning football with Mac Jones at the NFL level? That is the thing. And when people push back, well, hey, Tom Brady's done it for a long time. But, yeah, we're looking at the 20-year version of Tom Brady, the veteran version of Tom Brady that's seen every defense known to man and who has improved. Mac Jones, we're talking about a 6'3 player who's not ginormous, who doesn't have the big arm. I, I just wonder, I wonder with that, we can value what he's done and all those other things. I just don't know when we show up the first day of camp, what is the wow factor that he's going to bring to the table? Yeah, and look, I think people are going to use Tom Brady as an example of somebody who didn't have the biggest arm coming out of Michigan, who developed more arm strength as he went along. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there are okay, – the, 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 fact, the facts are the facts, though. Like, there hasn't been a quarterback in the last five years, I believe, that was not an athletic, like, can move around, create an off-schedule off playmaker that's been successful in the NFL. Like, the, the guys who haven't worked, and there might be a whole host of reasons, but when you look at the Rosens and you look at the Haskins, the guys teams have moved on from, they they aren't plate creators. That's just not what they do. No, they're, they're, not, they're not playmakers. And the Mac Jones thing is also interesting because of, of this. When you talk about Tom Brady and people will point out, but understand, he played with some really good teams early on. When they won their first three out of four for yeah. the Patriots, the defense was solid. He managed the game and did those things. So if you're oh, going to drop, the way, oh by the way, he's six five. Yeah, and if you're going to drop Mac Jones in a situation like that, that is different. But most of the time, those situations aren't that. So you need your quarterback to also be a playmaker. I don't know what kind of playmaking ability he brings to the table. And I go back. So let's compare Mac Jones to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was more athletic. Bigger. Daniel Jones bigger, had much a more bigger, yeah. bigger arm, like those things. And there was a lot of um, consternation about Daniel Jones going off the board early when he went. I think for Mac Jones, I just think we have to be careful in terms of overvaluing the production and what he was able to do. I, I don't know. I, the coffee's too rich for me. In the yeah. first round, I, I would. And I pass. feel. I feel like it pits us like that we're, we're that we're hating on him or whatever. Like, no, I, I think he's. I think with going to a very talented, gifted team, he's got a chance to be a functional starter. But when I like I, Trey Lance is a great example. Um, if you watch those third and sevens, Mac Mac doesn't have any of the wild misses that Trey has. Like Trey has some bad misses. You don't see any of those really bad misses with Mac. But I also I saw several instances where. He made throws to beat to beat coverage. Like it was, there is nowhere to put that ball, and Trey Lance found a freaking window mm-hmm. this big to jam a ball in, or a linebacker's trying to scrape, and he can beat that linebacker with his arm. And then I saw times him shrug off tackles. I saw him run over guys and create first downs with his legs. Like to me, with the play called, like if you're a great offensive coordinator, has got a great play design, and you give it to him, and everything's blocked up, and people where they're supposed to be. He's going to execute it, and you're going to feel great great about it. But that's not the way the game is, man. It's a muddy, dirty game, and I just don't know how he's going to be able to function there because there's not a lot of evidence of, of us being able to see him do it. Well, that, I mean, well, that that is true. And I think the, the best thing you can do is you can look at the National Football League and point who's a young quarterback that has a game like his that has been successful over the last five years. There was just, like There really hasn't been one. Like, throw Tom Brady out, throw Drew Brees out. And Drew Brees was a – a very accomplished athlete coming up. So you can't really count him in that same category, but who is that guy? And so then you talk about Josh Rosen and Dwayne Haskins, who are more statuesque in their play. Those are your examples because who else did you have? Everybody else that has been taken and taken in the first round has mobility and athleticism and movement skills. And they are, um, they even have the ability to create plays. Like even mm-hmm. I would say like Baker Mayfield wasn't the greatest athlete, but even him, he was a, he got a much big, he's got he had, a much bigger arm too. Yeah, like so um it's tough. So it's it's not about like, oh, I dislike Mac Jones. I think there's certainly a place for him, but the draft is a beauty pageant. And so in a beauty pageant, you want to be able to check off all the things. Hey, they went to town, they went to Bikini, they did they, like 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I do understand because of the mind and the way he plays, there are a lot of people that are like him because he can understand what is being put on the board and he can process it or whatever. Now, when you get in the game, can he make those plays come to life? Yeah. Um, uh, a couple more things here and we'll get to, to Coach Satterfield. I'll just kind of point out some other interesting things and then maybe you grab one of them um, that interests you. Running back wise, and I, I think most teams you talk to will have Najee Harris as a top running back. I'm sticking with Travis Etienne because of the, how dynamic and explosive he is. I have there's certain players you have a vision for. Like I have a vision for this dude. If he gets to the right team with how they use him, I think you're talking about a Jamal Charles type player. Nice comparison. That's who he kind of is to me. So you've got that with the running backs. Uh, Greg Newsom moved up for me, uh, the corner from Northwestern. He's my 31st player. Um which puts him as the fourth cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, I added new guys I've added to the to the list. Ronnie Perkins is 37 out of Oklahoma. Um, he's a he, I really like Ronnie Perkins. I've talked to people around the league. I definitely there's guys you know that you're higher on than the league. That's one of them. You know, the stuff, the feedback I get from the league is not where I have him, but I'm mm-hmm. that's okay. I, I I like his game. I'm in on him. Um, I added Kelvin Joseph, the corner from Kentucky. We've been talking about for a while. He was 41 for me on the list. Um, he's got some really good tape and then he get torched by Kyle Pitts, but that's why Kyle Pitts is the third best player in the draft. In my opinion, uh, Jabril Cox entered into the list linebacker from LSU can really run. And, you know, I think the Super Bowl that's probably subconsciously bucked seeing these linebackers that can run, um, that, that they, uh, they caught my eye. And then at 45, um, I went back and did more work on Rashad Bateman. So I ended up putting Bateman in at number 45, the receiver from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. One of those deals where just when I when I watched him the first time, I maybe had some bad cereal that morning. I don't know. I just wasn't I wasn't a big fan. And then you go back with fresh eyes and I watched him with a clump of guys. And I'm like, okay, he's got a lot in his body. Like there's a lot to work with. Yeah, a lot to work with. And he's a talented player. Uh that was a big coup for PJ Fleck to go and get him, bring him up to Minnesota. And he's been a I mean, he's been a star for them. He's played at a high level. He catches the ball. Uh, he has the physicality and that stuff. And DJ, we just talked about it. there's so many there's so many pass catches that some guys are just going to get lost in the mix. And I I think if you are um, savvy as an evaluator, man, second and third round, you can be able to get some guys that can be some front line players that can do some damage. No, that's absolutely the truth. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get to our interview here with Coach Satterfield, one of our one of our favorites to uh, catch up with, one of the bright young coaches in college football. Here's our chat with Louisville's Scott Satterfield. All right, Buck, excited to bring back our friend, my former coach Scott Satterfield, University of Louisville head football coach. Coach, how you doing, man? Doing great. How you guys? Doing great, man. I guess first question would be, uh, you know, just how 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 difficult was it uh, to try and navigate through uh, what you've had to navigate through over the last year? Well, it's the most difficult thing we've ever had to go through as coaches, um, not even close. Uh, you know, with with everything that went on last year, you talk about the pandemic, so, talk about the social unrest, um, you talk about um, the unknown. I, I think uh, that that was huge. And then, you know, you had to be flexible with everything that you did every single day it, and, and really almost every hour, you know, and, and I think just uh, well, I was proud of our guys and our staff for being able to get through it and really just to accomplish playing the whole season because we were able to do that. You know, and, and thinking about having to be nimble like that, what are some of the things that you learned throughout this process and having to adjust and doing things virtually that maybe you can implement going forward to maybe make it a better experience for you and your student athletes? Well, there, there's no question the, the, the our Zoom game uh, stepped up. <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, I, didn't ever, I never, never heard of Zoom, obviously, you know, until last January. Then you started getting into these, the pandemic and, um, and now we're zooming all the time. I mean, we, we zoomed last night. I mean, we got recruits. So, so I think that that part will, will, I think, forever be a part of what we do and how we do things in recruiting now and um, and meetings for that matter. You know, if you got guys that are out or whatever, they can always you can always zoom them in for any kind of position meeting or team meeting. Uh, you know, so I think that part is probably the one thing that, that we're all going to take away from this pandemic. You know, I think now even, you know, we've had some weather here the last week here in Louisville. And we've a lot of these people are working from home. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking to football because we're always going to be here, but, but, but everybody else, administrators and those type people, um, they're working from home. So I think and I think that'll change business as well. So I think that's probably the, the singular thing that I think is the most impactful change that we'll have throughout this pandemic. Coach, I'm curious if you had 
the the knowledge of this technology like when you first got to Louisville year one I'm thinking of and I'm bringing this up because we have a lot of new NFL coaches this year um how advantageous is it to be able to teach when these guys can't you know be in the building but to actually have those video conferences with them to be able to share screens and show video I mean I, I would think that would really really accelerate the learning process well well it's going to be huge you know and, and when you think about guys at that level at the NFL, they can't get enough knowledge. Like, like, like they want more. They're always wanting more. And and now with this, I mean, we can pull up anything we have in our whole video library, pull it up, start coaching through it at any point, any time. And I think, uh, you know, so if you want to get some knowledge, you always going to be able to get it. You don't have to be in the facility, you know. And I think, I think at that level, those guys are just they're really hungry for that, particularly the young guys that are just getting into it. They can't get enough of it, you know. And I think um, – you know, and I know now in NFL, a lot of these staffs now are, are they're, they're doing their staff meetings through Zoom, you know, and week on in the office, week off, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be huge as we move forward. And this technology piece, um, you know, we'll continue to grow it and, and elevate, I think, through the, through the technology. Coach, I'm fascinated by the job that you're doing at, at Louisville because you go from App State, you end up at Louisville. You made two laps around the ACC in terms of coaching. What are some of the things that you learned in terms of moving up to the ACC, things that will help you get better at Louisville? Well, you know, I do think there's a lot of great coaches um, at this level, you know, as you, as you look at it. I mean, obviously, these guys have, have worked their way up to get to this point. Um, you're going to have good players on every team, like everybody. You know, the, the thing that's different, I think, you know, once we moved up was um, particularly the last two years are the defensive lines. I, I think we've played a lot of good defensive ends, deep, good D tackles. Every week, it feels like there's a, there's a team every week is going to have somebody, you know. So you always have to know where those guys are, trying to figure out how to how to kind of move the football. And then in our in, at this in this league in ACC, we have some outstanding quarterbacks. Um, there's some great quarterbacks, so you know they'll they'll beat you uh, with their arms. A lot of them can beat you with their legs. Um, but I think just the playmaking ability that that we're seeing week in and week out, you know, you have to be cog- cognizant of that. And and you know, very rarely do you do you. You know, you have to outscore teams, too. I mean, I, you know, I, I think we played last year, we played Notre Dame, but we, we lost 12 to 7. I mean, that's that's not the norm. I think if you're not scoring 30 points or more, you're going to have a hard time winning, I, I think, um, you know, at this level. There's so many good offenses out there. The rules are are dictated toward the offensive side of the football. So you got to be able to score points. I mean, look and see what Alabama is doing now, Clemson. I mean, these teams that are in it every year, they're able to outscore teams, and you know, which is – you know, we didn't say that five, eight years ago, I think, in college football. I don't think you saw him this year, right? I don't think you played Clemson this year, but I know you saw him in 19. Um, yeah. Just just playing playing against uh, and coaching against Trevor Lawrence and then also seeing him, I'm sure you saw him on a ton of crossover tape this year. Just your take on him as a former quarterback yourself. Well, you know, he's he's really unbelievable. I, you know, I, I try to find a weakness on him, and I, I don't know what it is. That'd be interesting to hear your take, if that, what weakness you may think he has. Because, you know, he's 6'6". He runs like he's six foot. Um, he's got a tremendous arm. He's, um, he's very accurate. You know, but, but I think the one thing that I love more about him than anything else is just his demeanor and his approach to the game. I think that sets him apart from, from everybody else. You know, when you have that, I mean, he's, he's more in the line of, of the Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady, the Drew Brees. He's got that about him. So, and those guys obviously are Hall of Fame type players. So he has the talent. He's got the skill set more so than you know. Tom Brady's tall, but he can't run. You know, Drew Brees is is, is short. You know, but he's got a great arm. You know, so he's got kind of all those intangibles, plus the things that you want: the leadership, the the humbleness that he has, the you know, the team first mentality. People want to play for him and give everything they have for him. He's going to make everybody around him better. Um, you know, so he, he's a just he's a man. He's a unicorn, in my opinion. You know, I, I just don't know what um, what his weakness might be. I really don't. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, Buck, what, what would you say, by the way, we'll keep the conversation going here, because the only thing when I go back through my notes was maybe there's some pocket awareness things at times or maybe he'll hold the ball. But I mean, you really you're nitpicking, Buck. I don't know what yeah. you had on. on yeah, no, I, I think the only thing you do is, is kind of nitpick. Like when you play those games, LSU and Ohio State, maybe when the pressure and the late change in coverage, they tricked them a little bit. But he is so good. I think, Coach, for you, I, I think it's always fascinating to get a coach's perspective. When you're on the other sideline and your team is playing against a dude, meaning a franchise quarterback, what is that feeling like when you're facing him? Does it change how you approach it 
from offense, defense? Like, what is it like facing a top-notch quarterback on the other side? Well, yeah, yeah, it's very challenging, obviously. Now, we played him two years ago. I think we had two picks. So he hadn't thrown interception in a while, and we ended up picking him off. Um, he threw into coverage a little bit, you know, trying to force the ball. But, um, you know, sometimes quarterbacks do that. But but I think, I, you know, you really just try to contain him. I mean, really, you know, you, you know he's going to be able to make those plays. The thing about Clemson, too, is that you had some other players that are really good, you know, some of those wide receivers, the running backs. So, I mean, you really – you really just can't try to focus on stopping him. So um, that's where it makes it really challenging, I think. But but I think you just want to try to keep everything in front. You don't want to give up those big plays um, that he's obviously capable of doing. Try try to make him get impatient, I think. So, you know, just give him the underneath throws and see if he'll take them all day. You know, mm-hmm. some quarterbacks won't. You know, they, they want to get, hey, I want to throw that ball down the field. I want to get a little bit hungry and, 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 and eager to throw the ball down the field. And that's where you get in trouble. Um, but if he has that patience, then it's going to be hard to beat him, you know, because they have so many great weapons around him. But, um, but yeah, it, it's it's very difficult, I think, when you're facing somebody of that caliber talent. Well, as you know, Coach, I prefer it for the teams just give me the underneath stuff. I didn't really want to have them push that down the field. I'll, I'll take those layups all day long. Can't go broke picking a profit, as somebody once told me back in the day. That's true. Uh, hey, I want to talk about a guy on your team. Uh, one of my favorite players to study. I think I sent you a text after I watched him for the first time at 2-2 Atwell. Uh, I say it looks like he plays with a jetpack strapped to his back. Uh, just just tell me about a little bit about him as a person as well as a player. Yeah, you know, we've, we, we got here, too, too. I remember him out of high school as a quarterback, and it was unbelievable down there. Not not very big, to say the least. Um, you know, so we were able to come up here, and we first got around him. And, I, you know, I, I first thought when I saw him, man, this guy can be really special. You know, when we got here the year before, I think he had 230 yards receiving the year before. But we got here, and we put him in our slot. Uh, position and I thought, man, this guy could be could be very special. He ended up breaking the school record for receiving yards. And here at Louisville, that's saying something. Um, and you know, I, I think that one thing I love about him though is that every single day he comes here, he's got a smile on his face. Like he he's that guy. You know, he's not he's not a a Debbie Downer or a negative Nancy. I mean, he's going to show up ready to work every single day, smile on his face. Coach, what you got for me today? You know, he's just that kind of kid. Um, and and then when you put him on the field. You know, you, you know you got a chance to complete the football. It's like, like I said, if you're playing quarterback in the last two years, man, 2-2 two, is going to have a chance to be open no matter what. Um, if, if you get one-on-one, you're definitely throwing him to football. And now if you're going to get zone, all right, let's find, let's find where he can go. He, but he's got good spatial awareness, I think, because of his days playing quarterback. You know, he kind of understands where he needs to get to in that. But, um, you know, and he's a tough kid. You know, he's not very big. You know, I think that's the, a knock on him is that, you know, he, he's not going to be that big player. You know, it's 160 pounds. Um, but I do think uh, I compared him to T.Y. Hilton. I, I was on his mm. quarter two years, uh, T.Y.'s junior and senior year. Um, Tutu had a better college career. Uh, there's no question. Better college career than, than T.Y. And I thought when T.Y. got to the next level that he would probably do better because they're not going to be able to put the hands on him. You know, we're, they're going to call that NFL. We don't get that called in college football a lot. You know, they can grab him and hold him. It's not going to call it. But but Tutu, I think it's going to be some of the same – same characteristics once he gets to the NFL. He's going to get some one that one-on-one coverage. He's going to be able to run away from those guys. Um, he's going to have a lot of big plays. I, I mean, I just think uh, – I, I can't wait to watch him because I think he's going to be exciting to watch uh, at that next level. But the guys are going to like playing with him because of his attitude and what he brings every single day. You know, he, he's a guy. You know, we're, we're in an age now where everybody was opting out this past year. You know, he didn't want to opt out. Like, he, he wanted to play every week, even though he was dealing with some injury. Um, but he still came back and played. It just says a lot about him. No, Coach, we, we obviously love guys that love the game. Uh, there was a guy that showed up at the senior bowl, Des Fitzpatrick, who also had a lot of success. Uh, what do you think about him? How did you develop in your program? Yeah, you know, I think Des is uh, a guy, number one, he brings a lot of great size. Um, and, and the one thing about him, once he catches the football, he, he's got a lot of ability after the catch. You know, he's a powerful runner with that size. Um, he, he's made some contested catches in our two years that we had him here. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say he needs to work on be a little bit more consistent catching the football. That's the one thing. You know, we had a drop, I think, in the senior bowl. Um, but, but he is a talented player, a, a very, very talented player. I also love – he grew up a lot in our two years that we were here, but he, he practiced really, really hard. And I think what I've seen over my career, if you come every day and you practice hard like that, you're going to continue to get better. So he's got that work ethic about him. I think he will continue to, to get better and better and better. And he'll be a guy that I think he'll he'll obviously I think he'll have a football team, you know, wherever he's going to be at in the NFL. 
Coach, I've saved this question. I had to look it up to make sure uh, I was going to look up the age here. So this guy's 53 years old now. So he's a little bit older than you. Um, but have you had a chance to meet Never Nervous Purvis Ellison since you uh, took the Louisville job? <laughs> and I have not had a chance to meet him, but I do remember <laughs> watching him play back in the day. Uh, he was very good. Big man. But no, I like him, though. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's got to be the greatest Louisville. He's the greatest Louisville basketball player of all time, right? Who else Dar- am I missing? Daryl Griffith. Daryl Griffith. Dar- yeah, Dr. Duncan signed under Denny Crum. Like that, but did they, 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 they win the national championship with Purvis, right? They, they they did win it with Never Nervous, but but Dr. Duncan Stein kind of, kind of put them on the mat with Denny Crum. And those See, guys. I know, no. Sat, Sat, you, I guarantee you, growing up where you grew up, because you and Bucky, I think, grew up very close to one another, right? Yeah. Where, where, where are you from? Where are you from, Coach? I grew up in Durham. North Carolina. Oh, you're a Dermite. Okay. (laughs) So what high school did you go to? But I ended up going with, so we moved to Orange County. So I went to Orange High School, right right there in Orange County. Okay. Uh, J.R. Bolden, I played with his. J.R. Bolden, yeah. J.R. Bolden, I played with his Chapel Hill. Yeah, okay. He was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay, right there. Right there. So Bucky's Bucky's has this, you know, he has this this view of ACC basketball during that time. That's the best. So that's what he grew up on. So I figured you had to have grown up on the same thing. I did. I grew up, you know, Duke State, Carolina, Wake Forest. Rodney Rogers was my guy. I love watching Rodney Rogers. Uh, T top. Yeah, he was good. He's from Durham. Also, he went to Hillside. Played quarterback. Played yeah, quarterback at Durham Hillside. Unbelievable athlete. But uh, yeah, we grew up in that era, man. That, that shoot, they were winning national championships. North Carolina, NC State. I mean, it was 82, 83. So yeah, it was a lot of good basketball. Who was it, who, Buck? We gave somebody a hard time. Who did we give a hard time because they didn't know who? Uh, uh, fire and ice was. Uh, oh man, I can't remember. Ryan, uh, oh, Chris Portiani. Yeah, yes, I can't. I yes, can't remember. I can't, it was Ryan Finley. It was Ryan Finley. We had Ryan he, Finley he did, at the Senior Bowl. He played. And he's state, an NC State. Know, <laughs> I'm like, fire I'm like tell was. me about fire and ice. What do you know about fire and ice? And he was like, I don't know what you're talking. I'm like, how do you go to NC State and you don't know about Monroe and Cortiani? Like, are you kidding me right now? That's bad. It's not good. No, you gotta educate these kids, coach. Uh, hey man, it's been it's been great catching up. I know you guys in the middle of spring ball, you're busy, so uh, we appreciate you uh, rooting for you. I can't wait to see you guys get out there and compete again next fall. Yeah, man, appreciate. It. Always great to see you guys. Love the helmet back there too, DJ. I got two of them, man. I don't know I if know. you can see it here. Always represent, man. We love this, that. This is the pretty one, but then we've got uh, that's that's the that's the actually the used one. Do you realize how heavy our helmets were, by the way? <laughs> I pick up these new ones. They're like a feather. We were playing with a brick block on our head. You're 100% correct, man. No doubt. No doubt. Great seeing you guys, man. Hope to see you soon. All right, Buck. It's always great to catch up with Coach Sat, uh, one of my favorite coaches I've ever played for. And you can see why when you get a chance to to visit with him. Just a great personality. And, and Louisville's got a good one. Yeah, they certainly have a good one, man. He understands. He understands it from a big picture perspective. He understands the quarterback game. And just the overall development of players, particularly out wide. Uh, I love the job that he's doing. I think he's going to do great things as he continues to kind of put his his own stamp on what they do at Louisville. Yeah, definitely stealing the uh, 2-2 Atwell uh, T.Y. Hilton comp. So stealing nice. that one going forward. Don't nice you love it when these guys have coached these other players? Because then it gives you some context. For yeah, them. I mean, but that, and that's the whole thing with, with comps. Um, to be able to give you a, a visual of what the guy could be or who he reminds you of or those things and how those guys were able to have success. You can kind of build out a blueprint for how Tutu Atwell can also have success in the league. Well, I've got a big grade on him. He might need to put some quarters in his pockets before he uh, before he weighs in at the pro day so he doesn't get me in trouble if he comes in. Just that second number. Can we get that second number to be a seven? That's all, I'm <laughs> That's all I want. Right. Come on, man. Right. Give me a seven on that second number. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's remind everybody you can find uh, Bucky's mock draft video on YouTube. You can also find uh, my second mock draft video is on YouTube. Um, so those those are out there. Be on the lookout for those. Um, that'll be on the NFL's official YouTube channel. So uh, YouTube.com slash NFL. You'll be able to find those on there. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And uh, we've got a bunch of great guests uh, coming your way here on some of these future episodes. So be on the lookout for those as well. I uh, do appreciate you guys hanging with us. And we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.